Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have again to study your word that equips us to be everything you want us to be so that we fulfill your will for our lives while we are still here on earth. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege. We trust your spirit to reveal this wisdom of God to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're still talking about concerning the things of the spirit. This is part six. And like we said before, every Christian must be interested in this. We must grow out of babyhood, out of carnality, where we're stuck with the basic things of Christianity. We, we can't continue in the milk. So we have to grow into where we begin to take responsibilities in the family of God. And one of the most important responsibilities of a Christian is to be used of the Holy Spirit. Is to be used of the Holy Spirit. Because that's why we really live. And this, you're not just baptizing the Holy Spirit and that's all. You say to people, I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit, I speak in tongues. Many people don't even know why God gave them that gift of tongue. They don't know it's mainly for prayer. And they don't even understand the advantage of praying in the Spirit. So they don't do that. So many Christians are not living the, their fullness in the kingdom. Their usefulness is not to capacity. I, I, I heard about a preacher, very well-known preacher. He said that any church that does not manifest all the gifts of the Spirit is not a New Testament church. And I tend to agree with him because the Holy Spirit, it means the Holy Spirit is not working in that church. It's not working maximum. It's working a little, a little, just small. Because the early church, they manifested all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When they got together, it's in the Bible. These things are not for joke. They're not written, just written for sake. It's the New Testament activity. It is the era of the Holy Spirit. And this is how he uses his church. And you can't maximize benefit of evangelism without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. It has, it's not going to happen. And let's remember that the Bible says we are for signs and uh, wonders. This is the deal, brethren. When Jesus said, don't witness for me until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is part of the deal. So that the Holy Spirit will use us to demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of God. People will follow us if we just talk. The kingdom of God is real. People want reality. They really want reality. Men are hungering for God. That's why they chase miracles. They want reality. And Christ is the reality. The kingdom of God is real. And we are the people that must produce proof. Proof that God is real. God is. That Jesus is alive. That's part of our call. If we miss these things and all we do is come to church and go home and then we seek miracles and people pray for us, we are babies. We are not too useful in the kingdom of God. That's not what God wants us to be at. So I'm just pleading that we, we, we have interest in studying these things. Pray about them. Find your own gifting and let the Holy Spirit start using you. Start, you will be so surprised what he can do to you and people who can come to Christ just when they see the manifestation of the living Christ. 
that he is real and that he's true. So that's why we're doing these studies, not just because it's Bible studies. No, because we need to study these things and know them. And the Bible says for the benefit of all, you miss out. You miss out. In the believers' meeting, we have, I thank God that we're beginning to come up. We have uh, mostly uh, the gift of uh, prophecy. The gift of prophecy manifests so often in the believers' meeting. But we, we just started to see tongues and interpretation once or twice. And but the other gifts are now manifesting. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. When you come together, the Bible says everybody has something to offer. And so in the believers' meeting, we are coming up now gradually. I trust the Lord that we have tongues and interpretation. And we have other gifts of the Holy Spirit that manifest among us, that bless the body of Christ. And then encourages us now to walk in it even outside the meetings and reveal the living Christ through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. And concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. God doesn't want us to be ignorant about these things. And I, I dare say that a lot of people are totally ignorant about them. And they don't care to find out the truth about them. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So we started to talk about the gift of a special faith. You know, faith comes by hearing the word of God, by knowing Christ. But this special faith has nothing to do with what you know or don't know. It's just the Holy Spirit imparts it in you and uses you to do something beyond what you would have believed by all you know. Then there is this gift of working of miracles that the Holy Spirit comes upon and uses you to perform miracles. This is not, and when he leaves, you just you go back to being normal. You just get back to being normal. You know, you just get back to being normal. Elijah was on fire until the anointing lifted and he ran. He ran. He was running from, from, from uh, this, this, uh, Jezebel. But before then, this man was on fire because the anointing was on him for miracles. So it comes on you for to perform miracles, gifts, gifts of healings, comes on you to, to bring healing. And like we said, not everybody has all the healing. You can't, heal, you can't have all the healings. You know, there are areas that you discover that God has gifted you as regards healing. You know, so there are people who have it, not everybody. These are the power gifts, gifts that make you do something. Then there are the inspirational gifts, the vocal gifts. They don't, they don't tell you about future. There's nothing about foretelling future there. There's no revelation in them. It simply inspires you. And, you know, and it's, it's a prophecy which we have a lot in the believers' meeting, for which I'm grateful to God. I'm really very grateful. We have it quite a lot. Uh, because people speak to people unto edification, exhortation, and comfort. A lot. A lot. You know, so this, this gift is working among us. I trust the Lord that more gifts will, be, will begin to work among us. Diverse, diverse kinds of tongues. Remember, 
that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get the, you get the gift of tongues. So you start speaking in tongues. That's the gateway to other gifts, the gateway to the supernatural. Because if you don't have it, then you're not baptized. Because you prove that you're baptized. And that, that gift of tongues that God gave you is for, it's devotional. It's for prayer. So that you circumvent your limitation, your natural limitation. That will prevent you praying well. The Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought. As we ought. As we ought. But the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. So God has given us this so that the Holy Spirit cannot pray the perfect will of God. So we circumvent our limitations. So when a Christian doesn't know the purpose for which he speaks in tongues, he won't pray in tongues. Some don't pray in tongues one, one, two, three, four. We are not using what God gave you. And you'll be limited by your human limitations and sometimes wrong information in your mind. So you can't pray better than the Holy Spirit. That's one, that's one gift. Then there's the other gift of tongue, which is public ministry tongue, where you give message in tongues, and they will not need interpretation, in to- interpretation of tongues. So that's why it's diverse tongues. The one you have, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then this one where a Christian is gifted to give messages in tongues, and it's not everybody that can give messages in tongues, but everybody needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Now, that one will not require interpretation. It will require the interpret- interpretation of, t- not translation. It didn't say translation. It says interpretation, which means it gives you the meaning of what you're saying, not translation, not word for word. So we have those, those gifts, and then, them, and then we have the revelation gifts. These ones bring revelation. They bring you revelation. They reveal something supernatural that you could see or know. Not by natural means, but by the act of the Holy Spirit. These ones are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirit. So there are three groups of them, power gifts, inspirational gifts, revelation gifts. So we're dealing with revelation gifts now. Uh, Every Christian should listen to this. The only way a supernatural revelation comes to any believer is through either of these three ways. Either word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or discerning of spirit. There is no other thing the Holy Spirit records for the church through which revelation. Revelation in terms of the Holy Spirit giving you supernatural revelation of things that you see supernaturally or hear, except through this means. So that's why it's important that we, let, we, we study it and understand how it works. Now, some of these gifts, in fact, these gifts work together most of the time. For instance, Tongues and interpretation, they work together. Because if somebody is giving a message to the church in tongues, then the gift of interpretation complements it. So many of these gifts work together. We, the word of wisdom, uh, design of spirit, sometimes they work together. You, know, you see the Holy Spirit manifesting different gifts for one, to achieve the purpose of the will of God concerning that situation. So it's, something, it's so interesting when we started to see, and then you should be able to know how these things are working in your lives. Now, the gift of what word of knowledge. What is the gift of word of knowledge? A supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God. Facts about people, about places, or things in the past, or present time. Facts about people, places, or things in the past. 
or present time. It has nothing to do with future. It doesn't foretell the future. This, <clears throat> this revelation is limited to past and <clears throat> present. It's word of uh, knowledge. God gives you a segment of knowledge. God knows everything. But he reveals a segment, a word, a portion that is relevant to what he wants to achieve at that moment in that situation. So that's, that's why it's called word of knowledge. God gives you a word of knowledge. Now, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the works of this law. So you see, there are secret things God will show us, but there are things that God will reveal for the purpose of fulfilling divine will in that situation. So God can reveal things that are past and things that are happening now so that the will of God will be, will be manifested concerning that situation. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, I'm reading AMPC. In many separate revelations, each of which, each of which set forth a portion of the truth. A portion of the truth. And in different ways, God spoke to, to old of, of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. Portion of the knowledge, a portion. Word of knowledge, the word of knowledge, not the entire thing. Portion, the word of knowledge. So it is not the natural knowledge of any sort. It's not natural knowledge of any sort. It is not, it is. If it is natural knowledge, then you don't need the Holy Spirit. Everybody can do natural things. Everybody can do natural things. It's not that. It's not that. And none of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is natural anyway. All of them are supernatural because they are what the Holy Spirit does. That's why it's called the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, not the manifestation of a human being. It's what the Holy Spirit does, and you can't get, you can't get it done by studying the Bible or do whatever. Studying the Bible is good, after. But this is the Holy Spirit decides to use you, to use a human vessel to do something, regardless of what he knows and doesn't know, and beyond his capacity and ability. So they are all supernatural. So the word of knowledge is not a profound knowledge of the Bible. People who don't understand think it's a profound knowledge of the Bible. Then that's what, a profound knowledge of the Bible is what you do by studying. You study, which is good. Every Christian should have profound knowledge of the Bible. Every Christian, but not every Christian is gifted with the word of knowledge. Not every Christian is gifted with the word of knowledge. So every Christian should have profound knowledge of the Bible. And it's certainly very good because that's what we should have. And then again, it's, it, there is, there's a knowledge of God that you have when you walk with God, like you know people when you walk with them. That is what every Christian should know by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit and fellowshipping with the word of God. But the word of knowledge comes by a supernatural revelation outside of, outside of all of that. Because it's talking about a people, a place, or a person. Outside of all of that. So it's not, it's not a, something you get by studying or something you get. But no, 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 it's not like that. It's a supernatural revelation God gives you about something that happened, something that is happening, 
that you may not, may not even be what you read from the Bible, but an activity that has happened or is happening presently, or maybe related to scriptures. So it's not something you see there and then you find it there. So it's a supernatural impartation of knowledge that the Holy Spirit uses a perverse to do to fulfill divine will for that situation at that moment. So, uh, if, uh, so let's look at uh, Hebrew 8, 11. Knowing God is what every Christian should know. It's part of the covenant. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. See that? From the least to the greatest. So the covenant well, we have is that, is part of it is that we should know God. So knowing God through studying scriptures, through fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, is what every Christian must endeavor to have to know. Those who know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. But this, this one I'm talking about, word of knowledge, is outside of that. It's outside of that. When you see the examples, you see, you understand better what it looks like. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, 4 to 1, is giving the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another the word of knowledge. So it's not everybody. To one is giving this, to another this bit. In the knowledge of God, every Christian should know God. Now let's look at examples of manifestation of this gift of word of knowledge through a certain disciple, not even a pastor. I'm happy we start with that. Acts chapter 9 verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here. Lord, 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Street, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. So, there's no way Ananias can be reading Bible and know that Paul is praying. It don't come from there. But by supernatural revelation, the Holy Spirit said, this man is praying. Remember at this point, thousands of people were praying, hundreds of people, and God knew all those people praying. But for the will of God at that moment was focused on Paul in that situation. And God gave it to him and said, this man is praying. He is in this street called Street. In the house of Judas, that's where he is, he's praying, and he has seen the vision, you are coming. That's word of knowledge. That's word of knowledge. Of an event that is happening presently, or has happened. That's word of knowledge. Now, let's see another one. Um, Acts 10, verse 9. The next day, as they went on, their journey and drew near the city. Peter went up on the house up top to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and led down to the earth. And it were, in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And the voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, no, not so, Lord, 
for I have for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again, second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. 16. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Into heaven again. Now, verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision, which he had seen, meant. Now, see the word of knowledge here. He had seen a vision. We'll come back to that. That's a different operation altogether. This one we're talking about is God revealing things that are happening presently or things that happened before. It's called word of knowledge. Now see in verse 18, in verse 17. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about this division, the Spirit said to him, see, word of knowledge now, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am, the, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? See, there's no way Peter would have known that three men were seeking him. Because he was, he was somewhere where he couldn't see anybody. But the Holy Spirit gave him that word of knowledge. Presently, you have three men seeking you. Go down and meet them. That's called word of knowledge. And the, the Holy Spirit did not tell Peter everything. He didn't tell him, oh, they, you know, they came from Cornelius. And he saw an angel. He didn't tell him all that. He gave him a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Three men seeking you. Go down. See them. Case closed. Now let's see another, um, another example here. In First Samuel 9.15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his, in, his, in his ear a day before Saul came saying, 16. Tomorrow, about this time, I'll send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people, Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I've looked upon my people because their cry is come up to me. 17. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Listen to this. Behold the man whom I speak to thee of. This same, this same shall reign over my purpose. 18. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go, and I will tell thee all that is in thy heart. And as for thy asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them. For they are found, and on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and all thy father's house? See the word of knowledge. You know, the, the Holy Spirit revealed to Samuel that the animals that Saul was looking for, which was 
orchestrated to bring Saul in contact with, with Samuel. He said they have been found. That's word of knowledge. Things that happened, that has happened, supernaturally revealed to you. Word of knowledge. Things that have happened, supernaturally revealed to you. This doesn't come from, it's not about the knowledge of knowing God or studying scriptures. No. This is totally different. And you can see the difference right here. So Samuel received word of knowledge that these animals you are looking for, they have been found. It has happened. They have been found. So the word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of, of the Holy Spirit concerning a, a people, a place, or a group of people, or things concerning facts that have happened or are happening at the present. So that the will of God and purpose of God will be fulfilled concerning that situation at that moment. Now let's read another one. Second Kings 5, 21 to 27. 21 to 27. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. When Naaman saw one running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, it's all well. And he said, all is well. My master has sent me to say, there have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim, two young men of the sons of prophets. I pray you give them a talent of silver and two changes of garment. And Naaman said, be pleased to take two talents and he ordered them, and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garment, laid them upon two of his servants, and they brought them before Gehazi. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hands and put them in the house. And he went, he sent the men away, and they left. He went in, stood before his master, Elisha. And Elisha said, where have you been, Gehazi? He said, oh, your servant went nowhere. Elisha said to him, did not my spirit go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Was it a time to accept money, garments, olive orchards, vineyards, sheep, oxen, men servants, and men servants? You see the word of knowledge there? He said, Everything you did, I saw it. God revealed to me exactly what you did. You went to take what God didn't want. This is an offering from a hidden, a hidden king. And God didn't want that. Now you went to take it, now his leprosy will come on you. Because you didn't even know the cause of his leprosy. You didn't know why that thing came on him. Now, let me pause here and warn us Christians. Be careful what you do. Before you become a partaker of other men's sins and suffer what they're suffering. Be very careful. Don't live this life carelessly. Don't live this life carelessly. Lest you bring upon yourself what is totally avoidable. Don't take the remnant, the, 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 the treasures of hedonism. Their God will afflict you. Don't try that. Don't be a partaker of all that many things. So you don't share in the, in the consequences of all this kind of stuff. So this man, the leprosy of Naaman came on him. What we don't know, don't talk, don't talk with it. Your life should be precious to you. Don't get into what you don't know. Don't, don't say it doesn't matter. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe this man has found out that it really matters. He should have been careful. If he was careful, he wouldn't be a leper. But now he's a leper. 
Now let's go to the gift of word of wisdom. We'll finish with word of knowledge. By now, we'll have understood it because we see a lot of examples right here. Now the gift of word of wisdom, which is really one of the highest gifts because it has to deal with the wisdom of God, the plan and purpose of God for future. And there is nothing more important than the will of God, than this will of God for the future. Nothing more important than it. So it's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning divine purpose, divine plan in the mind and will of God for the future. Not the things that happened in the past or present. No, for the future. For the future. For telling the future. This is the gift that foretells the future. The word of knowledge does not foretell the future. The word of wisdom foretells the future about God's plan, God's purpose. This is the, this is the gift that foretells the future. Not simple gift of prophecy, which is only inspirational to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. The one that foretells the future is the word of wisdom, and that is about God's purpose and plan in a situation for the future. Now, like we said, some of these gifts, they operate together, and so beautiful how they operate together. Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. See, the Old Testament prophets had a revelation through this gift of word of wisdom. Because God said, I will do nothing until I reveal these secrets to my servants, the prophets. So all Old, all Old Testament prophets operated the gift of word of wisdom. And so they were able to foretell the coming of Christ. You can see the, why they had it. They were able to foretell the coming of Christ. They were able to foretell everything about Jesus. And Jesus will say, it is written in the prophet. It is written in the prophet. Everything written about me has to come to fulfillment. So they, they wrote those things. And he came and believed it. And then the Holy Spirit interprets it in the letters. So they prophesied about Jesus. Then in the Gospels, Jesus came and lived the word. Word became flesh. That word became flesh. So he lived the word that the prophets wrote. He lived it. It became flesh, became fulfillment, became reality. Then the Holy Spirit wrote to the church, interpreting that word that became life interpreting it to the church. If the Holy Spirit didn't write to us, we would not know what the cross means. We would not know what, what benefit the cross had for us. And we will miss out. So you see the segments of the Bible? The prophets wrote. That's why I say, we found him that the prophets and Moses wrote about. And then he came, became the living word, became the reality of what the word said. And they said, everything about me has an end. So when he finished, the Holy Spirit came and started to write about Christ about the cross, about everything he did, what it meant to the church, the benefits, the riches we now have because of what he did. You see, the Bible has three segments. I will advise Christians to dwell in the letters because that will show you what you have. A lot. It's good to read the Old Testament. It's good to read the Gospels. I don't, you, it's good to read them, but it's good to dwell in the letters so they interpret to you everything that Christ did for you. So these people had this word of wisdom Operating in their, in their lives. Remember we read it in Hebrew 1.1 now. No? It said in many separate revelations, each of which is set forth a portion of the truth. And in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers 
in and by the prophets of old then. But in verse 2. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son. Jesus has come now, has called the new the voice of God now by his spirit. That's why he says, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. So it is unscriptural to go to a prophet now in the new dispensation for guidance. It's unscriptural. Because the, new, the voice of God is the spirit of Christ today. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. So you don't go to the prophet. The old prophet, yes, then, but now, no. The, 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 the role of the prophet has shifted. But they had this word of wisdom. That's where I'm going. Let's, let's see an example in Isaiah 7, 14. Look at the word of wisdom. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So you see the word of wisdom right here that Isaiah was giving about, that is in the book of Isaiah, about God's plan and purpose for the future. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth for even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The power of God will do this. So you see, they are giving the word of wisdom. Future. Future. Foretelling. Future. God said, I won't do anything unless I tell these prophets. So he said, I'm going to tell them about Christ that is coming. You remember the book of Hebrews said about it. said they were wondering, this revelation they are, they are getting, when and for whom? And the Spirit said, no, it's not for you. It's for us in the church age. So you can see what the word of wisdom means. Now let's read some more examples. Acts 21.7. Acts 21.7. This is the prophet Agabus. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Tolamas, Tolamas, greeted the brethren and stayed them with them one day. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist. See, this had all distance in the church. The evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now the man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. All these things were operating in their churches. This is standard New Testament formula and church. That man that said it is correct. Any church where you don't have all the fullness of the spirit manifesting is not a full New Testament church. I believe that. Four daughters who were constantly prophesying. They were not foretelling the future. They were simply bringing edification, exhortation, and comfort, which is very important. Again, if you come to believers' meeting, this, this gift of prophecy manifests a lot. A lot of people bring exhortation, comfort. It manifests, oh, man, it really manifests. I give God glory for that. But I'm trusting that tongues and interpretation will soon be manifesting. And other gifts begin to manifest. So these girls were virgins who were, who were prophesying. But the Holy Spirit didn't call them prophets. He said that they just simply prophesied. 
Now verse 10. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came. Now came the prophet. They had all these things. They had prophets. They have evangelists. Everything the Holy Spirit said. All the offices were operating. All the gifts were operating. They are not happening today in present day churches. Everybody looking for one man of God. It's ignorance and lack of growth. It's not God's standard. It's certainly, it's, it's, it shows carnality and lack of spiritual growth. Verse 10. So as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus said the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this birth and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. This is word of wisdom. He's telling, he's talking about what will happen in future to Paul. It was, it was, God gave me a revelation of what will happen to this man. And it's all part of God's will for Paul though. It's all part of God's will for Paul. So God gave him this word of wisdom about Paul. This is what will happen to this man who owns this thing. Now, if we want to know whether that was word of wisdom, it's, look at Acts chapter 9 verse 15. Ananias, in what God showed him, confirms this thing that, that Agabus said. Acts 9 15. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel. Remember when Ananias said, I've had this man know how he, he will throw your Christians into prison. God said, no, no, no. But the Lord said unto him, go for he is a cho-. Look at the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom that God gave Ananias. Look at it here. And the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. That's word of wisdom. He's going to suffer. He will bear my name. He will do this. That's future. Future. And he will suffer. That suffering is what Agabus is saying. This man that owns this thing, when you get to Jerusalem, they will bind this man. The Holy Spirit said, yes, he will suffer for my name's sake. He's going to suffer. And Paul said, these are my bonds. He said, I don't want you to have it because that's what was designed for me. He said, these are my bonds. I want you to have the gospel without my bonds. That's what he called it. He said, these are my bonds. You see, so, so the word of wisdom came from Annas. He said, I'll show him what's going to suffer. Now he's been shown what he's going to suffer. Now he's been shown. Now he's been shown. You see, that's word of wisdom to, bring, to reveal God's purpose and plan for a person called Paul. So that's called word of wisdom. It's different from word of knowledge. Quit talks about this, things that are past and present. This one is future. Future. And it is not the gift of wisdom. Neither is it wisdom to deal with affairs of this life. Some people think, get confused about this thing. So they think, oh, it's the same thing with the wisdom of Solomon. No, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing with the wisdom of Solomon at all. This is about God's future plan and purpose that's being revealed. The wisdom of Solomon is how to be a king. It's how to judge people. That's not what the Holy Spirit is doing here. It's how to judge people. No, it's not, that's not what, it's not the same here. And then, you know, it, it look at 1 Timothy 3.15. It 
You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ. Yes, that's wisdom that the Scripture gives you. The wisdom to deal with the affairs of life, walking in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's the wisdom. Walking in the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the wisdom. Because that's why Christ, what Jesus came to give us life. That's what he gave us. So we should live that life. But this manifestation I'm talking about is totally different from how you deal with people. It's telling you futuristic events about the will of God and purpose of God. So they're not the same thing. You know? So it's not like uh, the wisdom that Solomon received, how to be a king and judge people and judge his people. That's a different one. That's not for, that's not, that wisdom is not future plan of God. It's how to take care of God's business, which we acquire if we walk with the Holy Spirit, if he guides us. But this one I'm talking about is totally different. It's not the same thing with the will of God that, you know, a, a Messiah is coming, a virgin should have a bath. That's not the same. This, this one is higher. This, this Messiah, this, this will of God is quite higher than these other ones. Again, it's a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit manifests at a time to reveal the future concerning a people, a place, or a person. It's not how I deal with you, how you deal with me as the fruit of the Spirit. No, it's about concerning a people, a place, and a person. As the will of God reveals what God's plan for them is. So let's see another example. First Samuel 9.15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came. Say, tomorrow. See, future. Tomorrow. About this time. I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. And thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel. That he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their Christ come unto me. This is word of wisdom. Say, tomorrow I will send you a man. My plan is to make him king. To save, I will use him to deliver my people. That's word of wisdom. That's what word of wisdom. It's not teaching someone how to be nice to Saul and how to be forgive sin, forgive him. No, those ones are the fruits of the spirit. But what it's teaching him is to I have a plan. I'm sending you somebody tomorrow, anoint him. I'm going to use him to do this, do this, do this. So that's word of wisdom. It's futuristic about God, the will of God and the purpose of God for a people, a place, or for, or for a group. Now let's go to discerning our spirit. I have 12 minutes. I trust I'll be able to handle this 12 minutes by the grace of God. Discerning our spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning our spirits. To another discerning of spirit. So what is discerning of spirit? It gives supernatural insight into the spirit world. It is simply, therefore, discerning of spirit means seeing into the spirit world. A spiritual vision, not natural vision. Seeing into the spirit world. Again, the Holy Spirit manifests that supernaturally. It is not fault finding in people. You say, I have, I have this gift of discernment. There's nothing like gift of discernment. There's no scripture, no chapter, no verse that talks about it. What it talks about is the gift of discerning of spirits, not discerning human mind, discerning human beings. That is not Bible. It is people who are looking for trouble, the Pharisees of these days. 
The eye holier than thou people looking for trouble. They, they look for fault in people. The, the Bible, Jesus called them hypocrites. That's what he called them. It's not a gift to find fault in people. It is not at all. And it's not a spiritual mind reading. You say, I can read your mind. I know what you're thinking. You, that's, it's not Bible. And that, it has nothing to do with mental penetration and all those psychological things that people talk about. If you want to do away, really, somebody say, if you want to do away with this gift of fault finding, you just start checking yourself first. You see so much fault, you, you drop that, fear, that gift very quickly. But look at Matthew 7, 7. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Three. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Why looking for fault in others when you have a log in your own eye? That's what the scripture is saying. Four. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see you are blind. You can't see past the log in your own eyes. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Let me pause you and say something. You know what pride is? Anytime you think you are better than anybody, that's pride. Anytime in your mind the devil deceives you to think you are better. The Bible says we should count others that they are better than us. That's humility. So we can serve them. So we can serve them. We are, Jesus said, I came to serve. You can't serve when, when, when you are the boss. You can't let others say anything. You will be controlling, domineering, because they are inferior to you. Pride is dangerous. It's, it's what Satan did. You, anytime the devil convinces you, you are better than anybody, you, are, you will find fault. That's why you think you are better, because you find they are not as good as you. And that, that's not right. That's not Christian way of life. That's not the spirit of Christ at all. That's the spirit of Satan that said that I will ascend unto the hill of God. I want to be like the Messiah. That's his spirit acting. So we should, we should let this life of Christ flow. Let it flow. He was everything, but he came here and died on the cross for us. Shameful death for us. So we should make ourselves of no reputation. That's what Christ is all about. So this finding fault, forget about it because we all have faults that God is dealing with. Now, let's look at the examples of discerning of spirit. Acts chapter 9 verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. So this man saw something. We don't know the details. So we can't add. We can't add to scripture. We dare not add to scripture or remove to blemish and make it look good. No, 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 no. We don't do that. This all the scripture said, and that's why we stop. They, they said the Lord in a vision, at a vision. That's all God said. That's all I, we step. And then asked, and he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and the choir in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and he had seen in a vision. He said, Paul had a vision. That is, that is the sudden of spirit. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias, Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. He saw this man come. That's, that's, that's the sign of spirit. Now, the sign of spirit is not mainly about demonic spirits. You will find in the Bible that mostly didn't deal with demonic spirits. 
It, it, now he saw, he saw this man in a vision. That, that's discerning our spirit. Human spirit, the spirit, angels, and then demonic spirit. But mostly you see angels, mostly you see good things. God, God doesn't focus us too much on demons. Because the scriptures say focus on Christ Jesus. So you see, this is, this is an operation of discerning our spirit. Now look at Acts 10 from verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout, devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always, verse 3. He saw in a vision, that's the signing of spirit, seeing what you can't see with natural eye. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, that's Discerning of spirit. He saw in a vision. Not with natural eye, but with spiritual eye. God opened his eyes. He saw in a vision. Matthew 1.19 Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her public example when Mary was pregnant, this man was confused. He was like, are you serious? So as he was thinking about these things, whether to privately let her go, so that, I, that Joseph was a good man. Because many people would have exposed her immediately, called people, said, this, this girl is pregnant and it's not me. But he was thinking how to quietly let her go. As he was doing that, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her public example, was minded to put her away privately, quietly. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Dream? It's, it's also a, a way you can see visions. Because the Bible calls it the vision of the night. So he saw an angel in a dream. It's a supernatural revelation to him in a dream. Some people, God shows them things in a dream like this. So they see, they can see angels, they can see people do something, they can see into the spirit world and see uh, the sun spiritually. Who is this? Who is that? So this is, this is one of the manifestations of the of the discerning of spirits. Let's read one more. And Acts 27 to 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this hand and loss. 22. And now I exhaust you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but the ship of, of, the, but of the ship. 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whom I am and whom I saw. He said, I saw an angel. That's the sign of spirit. Nobody else saw it except, except Paul. Paul saw this angel and the angel gave him a message. Now, before we close this, I want to show us how the manifestation of the whole. And then you see these things were working in combinations. Because of time, I can't go back and show you. But, but a lot of them are working. We have read some scriptures twice now showing this one showing this one from the same event. So they all work together, and it's wonderful to produce the will of God. Now, I want to show us how the manifestation of the Holy Spirit can enhance evangelism. In the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 2, from verse 1, I'm going to read very fast. I have only three minutes. One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. Verse 2, he called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed as they stood before the king. He said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me and I must know what it means. 
Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramic, Long live the king. Tell us the dream now, and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be burnt, will be turned into heaps of rubbish. Six. But, it, but if you tell me what I dreamt and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. Have you seen trouble like this? I won't tell you the dream. You have to tell me the dream and not tell me what it means. But they could not. They could not. And then the king sent somebody to go and uh, execute all of them. But remember, Daniel was part of those people that were serving at the court of the king. So when, verse 14, when Adrian, the commander of the king guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and, dis- and discretion. He asked Ariok, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Ariok told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested for more time to tell the king what that dream meant. Verse 17, then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, what has happened? He ordered them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so that they will not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. So God gave him revelation of that dream. Now let's go down to verse 24. Then Daniel went to see Ariok whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king, and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Ariel quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. Verse 26, Daniel replied, but 26, the king said to Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was? And, it, and what it meant. Daniel replied, there, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown, and he can reveal the king's secret, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and has shown king because of the, what will happen in future, word of wisdom, now I tell you your dream and the vision you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. It is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. You see, God showed him the vision. In your vision, he told him exactly what he saw in the vision. In verse 36, because of time, he said, that was a dream. Now, we will tell the king what it means. Then he began to tell the king how different kingdoms will come. This kingdom will come. This kingdom will come. After I explained to him what those things mean, verse 46, then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, threw himself down before Daniel and worshipped him, and he commanded these people to offer sacrifices, burnt sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, truly, your God is the greatest of gods. The Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this secret. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen.